Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm the guy you come across on your dating app who's saying, you know what? I do want to be the gym to your Pam. <laughs> Y'all, I am getting too old for this. <laughs> I mean, I'm Alex. Ladies. <laughs> uh, and I'm Britton. And before we start the Pams? podcast tonight, <laughs> I just want to say... Uh, so so guys, I, I've got a pitch. I got a it, Halloween's over. It's dead. Halloween's dead. Holidays. Mm-hmm. The holidays are here. Joy to the world. Here we go. Thanksgiving, Christmas. You could, it's all coming. You could say evil died whichever night Halloween was. Mm-hmm. Think that you could, but I've got a I've got a big holiday pitch. I think we have enough time to make it before uh before the day. We can probably get a. Get a big release. It's it's a it's a big new Christmas movie, and when I say new, I mean remake, and when I say movie, I mean TV special. Now we all remember the year without a Santa Claus, that great Rankin Bass thing that nobody remembers, except that it's got um, Heat Miser and Snow Miser, the I'm Mister White mm-hmm, Christmas, mm-hmm. you know that whole song and dance. Great song, we all love it. Teach it to our kids. I say we remake this, but here's the hook. Heat Miser and Snow Miser are Guy Fieri and Paul Hollywood. Now, I know what you're saying. Britton, do you have any ideas for this beyond those two actors? <laughs> of course not. <laughs> no. <laughs> In fact, this could be a funnier die video. <laughs> but I want it very badly. Take <laughs> anything at this point. I mean, just... Um. <laughs> Listen, we got the vaccine out, out there. This Christmas is going to look a little different, but similar maybe. And and I think it's time get get Guy and and Paul, get them in in the studio, get them in makeup, get the fun uh sort of Brian De Palma style set. Guy Fieri is heat miser. He's heat miser. Yes. Oh. And Paul yeah. Hollywood is okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um my my only request is that we get Ryan Johnson to direct that. <laughs> Sure. Now, here's, but also look, I understand budget. Ryan's busy. He's making knives out too with all the people that aren't in Billy Eichner's bros. I get it. So, um, I'm very proud of that joke. <laughs> uh, I would also settle for a Dairy Queen ad with the two of them because they have hot mm-hmm. eats mm-hmm. and cool treats. Mm-hmm. And Guy Fieri can be hot eats and Paul Hollywood can be cool treats. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now now Britain, I need you to I need you to face facts okay. I need you to, to understand the logistics the reality if you're gonna do this you have to have a Santa who is your Santa you, you gotta bring you gotta bring the right name to the table you're gonna okay. win over okay. the Dairy Queen bigwigs to direct your commercial that's true so let's see the best movie Santa is Ed Asner full stop but Ed Asner mm-hmm. passed away, so we can't get Ed Asner. Sure. Who is a good replacement? Not right now, at least. Right. Who is a good replacement Santa? I'm gonna say Andy Circus in a no, mocap this... suit. Sure. Uh, possible, but is that gonna is that gonna bring the the kids into Dairy yeah. Queen Girl and Chill? I didn't say we would actually perform the motion capture. I just said <laughs> Andy Circus in a mocap suit. Uh, I don't hate John Goodman for Santa. So, but is this Santa... Now, remind me, because all these Rankin-Bass movies run together. Is this not a younger Santa? What, no, what is the younger Santa? That Santa Claus is coming to town. 
Can we recast all of these? Yes. Th- throw out the throw out the commercial idea. Can we recast all of these Rankin Bass? All productions? The, yeah, for sure. For Create sure. the Rankin Bass cinematic universe. Also, uh, Nick Offerman. Completely... <laughs> Nick Offerman is Yukon Cornelius in the Rudolph one. That's true. Yeah, completely destroy the the soul of the animation of the originals. Completely. Uh, let's let's go back. Let's make them live action. Yeah. Uh, get get the dark pop songs going, uh, like the slow down <laughs> pop songs. So, and this is good. Th- this is good though because you can do slow down pop Christmas songs, and I'm sure people have done that oh, for yeah. Christmas movies. But this is going to be big. Yeah, because it'll be oh my gosh, that's Paul Hollywood as Snowmeister or whatever. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm one foot I'm thinking... in front of the <laughs> other. I I do imagine Nick somehow Nick Offerman saying Bombles Bounce is so clear in my head that it must mm-hmm. be from like I must have peered through the veil Bioshock Infinite style and seen the universe sure. where he played that character. Spoilers for Bioshock Infinite. <laughs> There's Christmas in it. There's not. Is there? Um, yeah. Uh, clearly, I've thought more about this than I have about the film or <laughs> <laughs> doing this episode. Guys, I promise I still like doing the podcast. I don't want listeners to think that I don't like doing the podcast. I love doing the podcast. I your, love talking your heart, movies. Your heart is just in this passion project. Exactly. I just... Remaking I, the Rankin-Bass Cinematic Universe. I'm so look, excited. Look, Britain, Britain, we get it. You had to use your your mental um, escape hatch, let's say, because you had to deal with oh, I don't know, like fifteen thousand Halloween films when, when, and then puss in boots. When I plunged into the water at the bottom of a silo of this movie, and I and I went into my mind palace like Dom does in this movie, <laughs> that enables him to see to travel back in time. I did that, but with a Christmas special starring everyone's favorite food friends. Yeah. Um, would also like to just put on the record that uh, Rudolph is voiced by Timothy Chalamet. Uh huh. She thinks and I'm he cute. does. Does he look? Does he look well animated? You know, when they when they have to integrate like a CGI animal that can talk into this universe, does he, does he look right? Does he look good? No. Not no, it's Clifford. Not even slightly. <laughs> it's, the Cl- it's, it's it's like it's, it's like Clifford. Um. <laughs> Yeah, which will be like a you need to redo this uh, situation, like with Sonic, and they just won't. Yeah, look, if we want to make sure that Andy Andy Circus does the the mocap for Rudolph in this, (laughs) if we want to make sure that the the special effects are top notch and totally not poorly thought out, I think Tom Hooper is our man. I think Tom Hooper. I I amend my statement. Ryan Johnson. I'll let him do his Knives Out movies. He's got that. He's he's got he's got a nice thing going for him. But Mm -hmm. I think. Mr. Hooper needs a shot at redemption. I think you're right. <laughs> if you, Tyler, what if, did we watch this? If week? anyone else out there hasn't seen any like footage or images from the new Clifford the Big Red Dog movie, I encourage you to look it up because it's not it's not as unsettling as Cats, but there's something just not yeah. good. There's something iffy about it, and well, I can't it, I can't quantify it. It's less unsettling and more like medicine commercial CGI. <laughs> Uh, yeah it's like it's like the commercial you would use or it, it it basically is like if you had a dog commercial about a dog who like is like knocking things over and causing trouble and being a, a, a mean dog because he's not getting the right nutrients in his food or whatever and yeah. then he gets it at the end and he becomes a normal dog that's Se- that's yeah that's really all you need to think about seasonal affective dog pression is a real problem <laughs> but with lunestra <laughs> <laughs> you could solve it. Tyler, what we watch? Uh, we watched F9, The Fast Saga? 
yeah. is the official title, I believe. And and I thought they couldn't make these titles any dumber, and they somehow now, managed to do that. What was the name of Hobbs and Shaw? Uh, I, wasn't it Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw? Yes. It was, it was. Why was it not Hobbs and Shaw The Fast Saga? Or Hobbs and Shaw Present F9? <laughs> <laughs> from, ho- from Hobbs and Shaw. From our hearth and home to yours. <laughs> from Hobbs with Shaw. <laughs> I like that. From Hobbs to Shaw. If that's not the name of the- their next movie, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> And it's also an American their, Idol tie-in. Their next movie is going to be Hobbs and Shaw the Fast Saga. That's it's gonna <laughs> The Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like it it almost feels like we're completing a season of television or something, because this kind of us being in the theater when we saw Birds of Prey, and this was right before the pandemic hit and oh, all that, and we saw yeah. the trailer for this film and we were like mm-hmm. Well, I was going, this seems like a bad idea. And Tyler and Brent were like, we're doing this for the podcast. <laughs> That's I rem- true. I, yeah, yeah, I remember Tyler's reaction when they revealed John Cena as, mm-hmm. as the brother. Mm-hmm. And now we're here and we did a thing. And I don't think any of us are quite as happy as we should be. Um, yeah. F9, the fast saga from 2021, directed by Justin Lin, returning it has a 59% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and an 82% audience score. What uh, of these movies has Justin Lin directed previous? Three through six, I believe. Okay. Maybe yes, seven as well. No, seven was one. Who did eight? Yes. And then F. Gary Gray did eight. Yep, that's right. That's correct. Okay, okay. Eight is yeah. the one where they team up with Jason Statham. Yes. Yes, because they have to stop Vin Diesel because he's gone rogue. Yeah. He's gone rogue for uh, Charlie. for Charlie's Theron. Charlie's Theron. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Back on board. And Dom Hurt is fa- Hey, I don't think they talk about family very much in this movie. No, they... They touch on it. Do they? Okay. They, tu- they touched on it a fair amount. <laughs> Do they? Okay. <laughs> Kinda, Michael Rooker kinda, by oh, himself movie. brought it up like twenty times. I would I would argue they don't they don't talk about much else in this movie. You're probably <laughs> right, actually. Now that I, think I would argue that this this movie has nothing else. I think, I think they've improved on just saying family all the time, but <laughs> sure. uh, the it's it's real it's gotten into the into the walls at this point. It's, yeah, it's a structural integrity kind of thing. Here. Worst thing Look, you can um, do to a Toretto is take away his family. Yeah, I believe is yeah. is the line. Yeah, I would have respected them if they called it F nine the Family Saga. They Aww. they really should. When are they gonna? Yeah, when are they gonna just call it Family Ten? <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, is that going to be what the next two are called? Is it going to be F ten the Fast Saga and F eleven the Fast Saga? Because that's really lame. And also, fasten your seatbelt. There's yeah, a pun I, there. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. They change it every time, so I have faith that they're going to do something else. I just don't know what. So. Fa- fasten the Furious. Furiously fastening. Um, I can go first with best and worst thing. Yeah, go for it. Uh, so I, I, Alex and I did watch this in theaters back in back when it came out. Um, it was probably one of the first movies I saw since covid began um 
and I remember really enjoying it at the time. I, I watching it again, I I think part of it is that and this happens a lot, I think, with movies that we watch in theaters and then because of the way we do this and we wanna like give ourselves time to think about it, process whatever people are saying online, if anybody's saying anything about it. Um, and then like be able to do a rewatch and like let it percolate a bit. Um I feel like sometimes with movies that are more middling, then it becomes hard to get through the second rewatch because you're like i've seen this recently and it's fine <laughs> like i just just kind of getting along through it um i definitely had a harder time getting through it this time uh, i started the movie and was immediately kind of like this is this is exhausting this is <laughs> this is long <laughs> um have, knowing kind of like beat for beat everything that was going to happen in it it was like this movie's not really the, the rewatch value is maybe not there right now um but uh, I will get, I will go ahead and say be, based on that my worst thing is the length I think it doesn't need to be two and a half hours um, and it doesn't really have a lot to, to give for a lot of that time uh, especially when you kind of look back through it and I think what really I think what I really enjoyed with watching it the first time was characters popping back up um, really enjoyed Lucas Black yeah his his uh, it, I think Bow Wow came back and Bella was from three, Tokyo Drift. Tokyo Drift. Yeah. Uh, and I think there there's a few other. I mean, obviously like Hans back. Yeah. Um. Well, there's another guy with Lucas Black, but I don't know if I, he's from a previous thing or not. I was trying to remember if he was from something. Yeah. Um. But. Yeah, there there's a few characters that pop up that are like, oh, these are fun surprises. We're getting them back. I think John Cena getting integrated into this universe is fun initially, in the same way that Dwayne Johnson kind of was. Um, not as strong of a debut as yeah. Dwayne Johnson in, in Fast Five, but um, overall, like I, I, I think it's uh, it's got fun surprises, but I think when you know what those are and you know that like you're not waiting to see, oh, it's Jason Statham going to pop back up around the corner and do a do a fight. You know that he just shows up in the end credits at the end and and you know that there's not like a surprise villain anywhere. You know, Kurt Russell's not going to come back like when you're watching this again, I think it loses some of that luster. It's harder to get excited about it. Um, and so that's kind of where I landed. Uh, I, I just felt like it was too long and the, it, it worked for me in the theater wanting to see what happened next and who showed up next, but watching it now, it's, it just does not have the excitement factor and the fun set pieces to carry me on through, uh, except for the ending, which is my best thing. I think the, the third act, uh, it might be maybe only part of the third act, but when they get into the fight, uh, they've got all the trains, they've got all the tanks, they've got magnets, uh, they've got fast cars, they're wrecking shop in the city, probably killing hundreds of people. Um, it's a good time. It's, it's fun. Uh, Charlize Theron, uh, does, a Theron, Theron, does, Charlize the drone, uh, <laughs> shows up in a, in a drone plane. Uh, and there's a fun bit where they blow up the plane and then you, it cuts back to her and she's like, ah, dang it. And it's static and it's fine. It's cute. Um, they have John Cena and, and Vin Diesel make up and become bros again. Like uh, the, all of that is, is fun and is like the, that's knocking down the the dominoes of the soap opera element of this franchise. Uh, it's all coming together, and it's all uh, 
bouncing off of each other. And I think the entire thing is pretty engaging. It's a neat stuff with like the 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 weird like Jurassic Park two train <laughs> like yeah. bus train thing. I had the same thought. Uh, <laughs> like it crashes and like slides, and Vin Diesel uses bombs to blow it up and guide it around. Uh, which is pretty fun and get it back to where he can drive it. He like gets out of it at one point and chucks a bomb in front of it so that it'll blow it up and steer the direction of the train. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous and it's fun. Um, and all of that, all of that worked for me. Uh, there's some iffy CGI in there, which we'll talk about kind of something that happens throughout the movie. But um, uh, no, overall, I think that it's a fun climax. Uh, but I think where this really fails compared to other ones is that like, I would say five, seven, and eight. Just tr- trying to remember, but I I feel like all three of those had like a lot of consistent fun action set pieces like that, where that was a continual thing happening in the movie. Is like, oh, they're doing what now? And then they would do the thing, and it'd be great. Um, and this one doesn't have that until the end. I mean, they they open up with like the big chase through a minefield uh, in the jungle and they some of the the crew drives a car over a bridge that's falling it's fine uh it's, it's neat but it's not quite the same effect like especially not when you're coming from Hobson Shaw where like I don't even remember what the thing was it was like Dwayne Johnson holding on to a chain while the car was swinging through the air attached to helicopter or something like the, there was, it got so ridiculous in that one that then this set piece, he was a little too close to that. And that's not the same. Like, that's not nearly as fun or as exciting. So I don't know. Um, I just feel like the the movie is too long. and doesn't have enough enough goods to fill it with. Uh, but that ending is pretty good. So that's my spiel. Yeah, my um, my best thing is either the minions joke or the fact that Helen Mirren got to sit in a a prop car with Vin Diesel and act like she was doing a hard, like hard steering. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. Um, and my worst thing is that this movie feels like there are two major, major things for this continuity that the movie doesn't, I don't know how much of it was just me not paying enough attention and how much it was the movie not focusing enough on them. But between Han coming back and mm-hmm. the reveal of a third Toretto sibling, both of those scenes seem to kind of take a back seat. But everything seemed to take a backseat to everything else. <laughs> it almost felt like there were there was the movie about their brother, the movie about Han, and the movie about the whatever the plot was, <laughs> yep. like the espionage, blowing stuff up thing, and those things never seemed to like marry and blend together. Um, and I, like I said, if I, I, I if I was paying more closer attention or more was more engaged i might might not have felt that way but it just seems like these are really big things that the movie doesn't as as much time as it spends in flashbacks and i tend to tune out of flashbacks in movies for some reason i have like a block i I, for some reason i've struggled with those but as much time as it spends in those flashbacks i still i I didn't feel like the movie was getting enough out of me but also wasn't putting enough into it with those uh storylines um also, I guess Mr. Nobody is dead now. Is that the thing? Uh, yeah. It probably I mean, it doesn't. Not. It doesn't matter. They can say anyone's dead. They'll just right. come yeah, back. Right. I I'm still convinced Gal Gadot's gonna show up in yeah fa- Fast Ten or whatever. So yeah, yeah. So those are mine. I felt like it was just kind of 
And not that these movies have ever been, like, tight on plotting, but they've always been fairly focused on, like, this is the emotional core of this movie. We're going to lean into that. And it felt like it was kind of split a little, and it made it a little shallower for me this time around. Yeah, Britton, I would definitely say give yourself the benefit of the doubt on that one because it's a very much a mess. <laughs> Tyler, I think you liked it the best of, of the three of us, but I think you could probably agree with that on a storytelling yeah, No, level. I think the Han stuff... I mean, we can get into all of this, but the, the Han stuff is weird because they don't spend a lot of time being like, what did Han get up to or where, you know, how did yeah. he get out of that mess and, and everything? It's just like, oh, Han's back. It's the biggest uh, hand wave. Well, it's it's and it's fine if it's a hand wave, but it's it's Han's back because it's this franchise. But Han's back. Oh, look, here's this other storyline that Han's bringing to the table. Yeah, that's connecting to the spy stuff where there's uh, a girl that he's been uh, watching who is apparently the key to all of this. It's a weird, like, Han's back, and he's got a storyline that he's bringing with him. Right. Uh, because and, we have to somehow explain why he's been missing for two movies. <laughs> but yeah. he sent a postcard to Vin Diesel, so they should have reached out to him before? I don't uh, know. And and it all really, especially with the end credits where Han apparently confronts Jason Statham, um, that really feels like they just wanted to get him back in so that then in the next movie they can really have fun with that. Yeah. Um, little little weird. A little weird. At least they didn't give him some kind of a uh, memory loss subplot or something <laughs> yeah, like really. that. Sure. Oh, we found out Han's been in the hospital this whole time. He doesn't remember <laughs> anything. <laughs> I would have respected that. Yeah. <laughs> it would give Michelle Rodriguez something to do. She could bond with him over yeah. that. Yeah. Shared life experience. How did you get your memory Han, back? This time Han is evil. <laughs> How did you get your memory back? I don't remember. Alex, what's your best and worst? <laughs> um, I would like to remind everyone that with F8, Fate of the Furious, whatever you want to call it, um, I didn't enjoy that movie so much on a story level, but I did enjoy it in terms of just going crazy with set pieces, and I thought the action in that was absolutely superb, and that was what I was waiting for in terms of people saying, Fast and Furious gets really dumb and really crazy, and yeah. that's why we love it. That's what I got out of Fate of the Furious. This one, it feels like we've got just as dumb of a plot, maybe more so, yeah. and it doesn't have the set pieces to back it up. Um, I was even bored through that third act, but that might have just been build up over the, the previous two hours. I, I really was not as focused as I needed to be through the first part, so I think it helped that I was like, I was fresh and ready to go and be like, all right, I'll pay attention now <laughs> when sure. we got to the end. And I'll be honest, I remember seeing it with Tyler in the theater. I was actively, like, not happy with the movie. I, I did not have a good time watching it. And this time I was just more bored. He kept, he kept crossing just... his arms and, like, turning away <gasps> from Tyler, going, well, you know, rump. You know, Britton, you joke. I wouldn't be surprised if I did that at least a couple of times. People, people from, like, Congress at the State of the Union were seeing him and being like, wow, who's this sourpuss? <laughs> we get it, buddy. I'll I'll just say for my best thing, the only interesting element that I thought that this movie added in terms of just el an element to be thrown into action set pieces was just the magnets. Yeah, um, I like those. They don't really make any sense at all in terms of how the cars <laughs> were able to be. They they are stable and they're using like these crazy man magnets to attract or repel other cars or just yeah. metal or machinery around them. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But that was the only element where I was like, oh, that's 
that's going crazy. That's yeah. doing something fun. We don't really care about the physics of it. I can go with that. But the rest of the movie was just, it felt very flatline. Like that opening scene where it's just, we're in a boring shootout. Nobody's getting shot at. Tyrese is the only one wearing body armor, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then they're driving over landmines. And it was just really, really kind of perfunctory and lame, in my opinion. Um, but every time they use the magnets, like there's the bit where um, Natalie Emmanuel is uh, driving in the big truck with all mm-hmm. the magnets in it. And on another street parallel to them is John Cena getting away and they just pull him through a couple of buildings with the magnets. Yeah. That was really neat. I like yeah. that. Um, that, that was like the only kind of the only moments where I was getting really excited. And I think there's a bit at the end where Hans inside one of the enemy vehicles and he, <laughs> he throws a bomb on a guy and it gets stuck to him yeah. because of the magnets and he yes. kicks him out and his parachute goes out. That was, that neat. was, great. I like yeah. that. Yeah. He kills him. Um, yeah, so th- th- there were moments I liked. I don't want to just say, like, I completely hated the movie. Um, my worst thing, Britton, I think I'm going to ape some of the stuff that you addressed. It's all the flashback stuff. I think there are way too many flashbacks in this movie. It feels like nearly half an hour of the movie is just flashbacks, um, whether it be uh, Dom and Jacob kind of their falling out uh, with the death of, death of their father and then all the twists and non-twists that happen with that. We can certainly uh, discuss that. And then also everything with Han, I just thought was completely stupid. I kind of just wish he showed up and he's like, I'm back. And they're like, yeah, you're back. And then no explanation. <laughs> hey, Calculon's that would have been better back. than what they gave us. <laughs> um, Yeah, and I guess going along with the flashbacks, just they pulled the specter. They did a, a, a stupid brother reveal that that feels very, very retconny. And there are several moments in the previous movies I, I went and looked um, there are several moments when they're like, oh, there's only two Toretto children. Like they very purposefully are like, no, it's just them. There is no one else. Um, so it's just, it's, it's very clear that it's a retcon and it's not something that they had planned ahead of time. And I guess you could argue that the people having those conversations, they've, their brother's an outcast, so they would sure. never reference him. I think Mia would reference him, but yeah. whatever. Um, yeah. Also, Mia's in this movie, which I'm glad that actress is back, but it's just very weird since obviously Paul Walker's not. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's it's weird. Um, but yeah, they pulled the Spectre and I didn't like it. Shocker. <laughs> yeah, I definitely I had this thought about Joanna Brewster because like or Jordan, Jordana Brewster, excuse me. Um, similarly, it was good to see her, but yeah. it did feel and of course, I understand why Brian I, I, I'm not bothered by the fact that they kind of hand wave Brian not being there. That's fine. That's consistent. I'm cool with that. It made more sense to me for him to not be in this one than it did sure. the last film. Just because it's like, he's looking after the kids. Great. I was actually really glad that they eventually addressed where uh, um, Vin, uh, Dom's son was. Because for a while I was like, <laughs> did they just Mrs. Maisel that kid? Like, what is going on? I, I should go ahead and throw out, we did watch the theatrical cut for this. Yes. Um... Apparently, the extended cut, which is like another 10 minutes, I think it's mostly just extra bits of action. Uh, but apparently, there is a scene where Mia shows up and picks up oh, okay. the kid mm. and th- then has a brief conversation with Dom that kind of sets him sure. off as well. Gotcha. Okay. So the only the only thing that actually struck Mia's odd is that Mia doesn't really bring much to the team. Like, I get why she's yeah. there because of the brother. 
but it's like she the I don't know, and I I don't want to say she's useless because she that's not how I feel, but it doesn't feel well, like the, her skill set is something that fits in with this team's sort of goals. The, I don't know. I think since like F five, they've made a big deal about like every person on the team is like doing a certain thing. Like right. Dom's the leader and. Dwayne Johnson is a big heavy boy and uh Jason Statham is a is a sneaky mean boy. <laughs> yeah. Like Let Letty Michelle Rodriguez uh, is trying to remember, remember things. <laughs> Ludacris and Ramsey do machines. Yeah. And uh, Tyrese makes the jokes. He's, Tyrese he's makes party the jokes. Dude. Yeah. No, he's, he's the like like they they lock each of them into the pretty specific roles and that helps because then the dynamic makes sense and works. Yeah. Um but yeah, Mia is like here specifically so that we can have somebody else kind of bouncing off of the of Vin Diesel and the dynamic with John Cena. Yeah. Um but she's not really supposed to like do much else. Right. In the context of things. I mean, she does help with the the third act just as yeah. like a a driver/bruiser person, but Is she in Fate of the Furious? I, I don't assume. think so. I can't remember. If if it is it's like a short Yeah. I could be wrong, yeah, but I'm... I, now, now I want that deleted scene where they go, "Hey, um, so the last mission we went on, Adam was actually <laughs> he evil. went evil. It was a whole thing." And she's just like, "You what?" <laughs> she's like, "That's fine. This, this happens." Oh, she was in. Uh, no, a photo of her was in Fate of the Furious. Ah. So yes, they they probably were like, "Hey, did you know Dom uh, is going evil right now?" He's like, <laughs> she's like, "He does that. Just you know, work through it." Uh, I he guess was I have technically two the antagonist brothers. of the first one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. There's a moment where it's after Han comes back, and they all hug, and Vin Diesel angry hugs, and they're all hugging, and it's like this tender moment, and then it cuts to John Cena like slow kind of pan in, and John Cena is looking at them, and I had the thought. This movie is not brave enough to have him sing Santa Fe from Newsies. Because what I want, I, it, all I could see was John Cena going, So that's what they call a family. Mother, father, daughter, son. And then he does the whole song. <laughs> <laughs> and it would have been great, be but they didn't good. do it. He just wanders into redeemed... like the void and there's a stage. Yeah, exactly. He just starts, it just breaks out. Yeah, it's like Mr. Cellophane or something. Cena Fane, Mr. Cena Fane. I, I would have forgotten every single problem I had with the Jacob character if they no. know. <laughs> Just I think I think that's what we're missing. I think we've had enough villains in this that have been various people who have been cast just to like be an intimidating presence. We haven't had any singing villains. I know. We haven't had anybody who's challenged Dom to sing. We need the what's his name in DC? Music Meister? Whatever. The Darren Chris played on the Arrowverse one. We'll call him Music Meister. Where's the yeah, Music Meister? Where's, he's... where's Sweet from that episode of Buffy? Get and, him battling. And he here. shows up. He shows up with Paul Hollywood and uh, Guy Fieri as Heat Meister. And... I'm pretty sure Paul Hollywood has done a show with with cars. So therefore, he could yeah. be the villain. Yeah. Well, here's your problem, Dom. And then he's like using his pinky to point at like the carburetors or whatever. Now your Ailer tutor's not really. <laughs> I love the idea of Paul Hollywood as a Fast and Furious villain who's just 
wandering around and like <laughs> snapping off bites of biscuits and, like just like casually like mm, mm. he's just staring at them as they try to figure out his plan that's that's why the german g- i'm gonna be very very date, date this podcast but that's why the german kid in this one is so angry because his dad is jürgen and not evil at all <laughs> current contestant jürgen who i love um oh, very good. yeah paul hollywood yes alex uh, I just wanted to talk about John Cena some more. Sure. <laughs> He's good. It is interesting because I obviously like comparisons to Christoph Waltz and Blofeld and all of that stuff yeah. like that. That was obviously uh, in my brain while I was watching this. But I do actually think this might be a slight improvement over yeah. that. Um, At least number one with the flashbacks. I didn't like them, but at least it gives us some more backstory and it like it helps to fill in the blanks as to why one character actually hates another instead of instead of Blofeld just going, my father liked you, so I murdered him. (laughs) I found myself wondering why we didn't just have why we didn't just get the Vin Diesel flashback movie, Uh, like why we didn't just get a prequel like Solo, but it's (laughs) Toretto or whatever. Um, I, I think it's on, like, this movie is really focused on Dom Toretto specifically, um, and that's, like, a pretty big swerve away from the way the movies have been, I feel like, where they're very ensemble and they're very, like, we have to give everybody a lot of stuff to do, um, and I feel like at a certain point, like, you're not, you're not gonna pull off a, a Godfather Part 2 effect, uh, sure. with a movie like this um i wonder if that was on their minds though because that movie does also end with uh a party um mm. and it's a sad party instead of a happy party anyway um yeah <laughs> I, I was gonna say and it ends with them being like happy because they're about to see a character who That's is off screen true oh my now, goodness now one of the things i liked about this movie is that it's not Does Vin- it's not fellini-esque <laughs> But maybe it was Coppola-esque. Maybe it was a little Coppola. <laughs> <laughs> right as they're doing the first table read, Vin's going, all right, guys, after we read, after we read the script, we're going to go watch Apocalypse Now. <laughs> it was probably like... <laughs> Fast um, 10 is Apocalypse Now based. This, this was Godfather <laughs> Part 2. Fast 10 is going to be Apocalypse Now. Ready um, for it. Here and then eventually it. one of them will be Jack. But yeah. <laughs> Uh, they had Godfather, a DVD of Godfather Part Two on the set, like Matrix. So they eventually <laughs> have to release this movie, like with acknowledgement to Francis Ford Coppola. Yes. Yeah. I I do find it interesting that they do try and retcon a reason as to why Mister Nobody gets them involved in like spy stuff in the first place. Mm-hmm. So John Cena has a couple of lines where he's like, "Well, Dom, how? how why do you think that?" that Mr. Nobody came to you and got, got you involved with all this stuff. I was his number one spy. And like, that's the backstory is that Jacob became like a master, you know, a super spy. And then he went rogue. That's the idea. Um, so on the one hand, I appreciate that because once again, comparing it back to Blofeld, it's nice to have, it's not like, these two things happens completely independent of each other. It's not like you have your hero and your villain both becoming like masters of their craft, but in completely opposite directions. It's the bat. Jacob becomes a super spy and then he leaves. And then Kurt Russell's like, all right, I'm going to get the brother and his group of criminals. Like 
it's still stupid, but yeah, I don't know. I appreciate that to some extent. Also, Mr. Nobody does tell uh, Han at some point, I think in a flashback that he worked with Giselle Gal Gadot's character. Uh, yeah. So there's plenty of room for us to have a, a flashback to him, like flying, driving behind the plane at the end of Furious Six or whatever that was. And, and somehow catching her with magnets or something. <laughs> and no, what we need is the backstory that John Cena and Gal Gadot were actually an item at one point. So there now we get a love triangle. Um, there you go. Back from the dead. Back. back from the dead amnesiac love triangle. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> and she's pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm just saying... We also have Ryan Reynolds in this universe. Oh, that's right. Oh, right. Look, Red Notice could be a backdoor prequel, <laughs> and we just he, didn't know it. What does he do? That's in Hobbs and Shaw, right? Yeah, I think he's, isn't he uh, like Dwayne Johnson's uh, contact or yes, something? Yes, you're right. Yeah. Huh. Cute. Um, Britain, what did you think of Michael Rooker? Our our resident number one Michael yeah. Rooker fan. It's always good to see to see Rook. You know, Rook takes king in this one. As far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know if you can do that um, in <laughs> yeah. what I like to call posh checkers. Mm-hmm. But I think no. I mean, he was. I, I I I said in our group chat, he looks like Billy Ray Cyrus. Give me the biopic. It's true. <laughs> it's what I want. Um. So you're telling me you're playing yourself, but also Hannah Montana? I can't it's wrap the, my mind around this. What? What's the... Is it King Richard? Is the biopic coming out of um, the Williams... Is that is that the name of it? You know what I'm yeah. The, the, it's a biopic about the father oh. of the, the Williams tennis player. Yes, yes, yes. Dynasty. Um, I want that, but it's, it's about <laughs> Billy Ray Cyrus and his... Uh, his journey uh being the father of miley cyrus slash hannah montana right give me that <laughs> but, that's that's what it's focused on. but there's a lengthy section that's Not about, about filming cyrus, uh no. mulholland drive <laughs> <laughs> real time 30 minutes of, yes of him on the set right yes who uh, plays david lynch is it just himself it is david it's david lynch, lynch. okay yeah. um i know it's clear that up no or dream world Kyle mclaughlin but uh Ooh. yeah that's actually what we want but no, uh, I, I liked him. You know, I, I it would have been nice if we saw more of him, but I also feel like that would have been shoehorning. Um, that he was their, uh, their Alfred, I guess, in a way. Um, I think it would have been cool if they somehow got him into the third act. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He's driving like a big I, tanker truck or something. I'm sure he'll come back too. In the, like, I feel like a lot of this, we talked about this actually with <laughs> um, uh, Halloween Kills, how it feels like it's a, oh, this is, we're going to go ahead and make the first in a two-parter. This, it's not quite as bad with this, but this, because that one obviously is like a cliffhanger directly into whatever Halloween ends is going to be. This is more, I think they're doing a lot with, like, they feel very confident about making the 10th one. I mean, I know they felt confident about making all of these, but like, they, I think they've got all of like the actor contracts down so that they know like who's going to be able to come back for the yeah. next one and like, the production's already rolling. I assume it's already filming or has already filmed. I don't know when that's going to go. I don't think so. Cause didn't Vin 
once again dating the podcast didn't he just send his his note out to to Dwayne to embrace his destiny and come back <laughs> into the fold one last Maybe job so. yeah you're right fast 10 is uh the release date is april 7th 2023 apparently so it's a ways away this was giving me weird kind of setup vibes that I hadn't really felt in any of the other movies. I feel like for the most part with the other films, they could have been like the last. Each one could have been the last of the series and we would have been fine. This one feels like we're setting way too much up. That is probably going to be like the fact that Charlie's Theron, like the way they end yeah. her. It's like, oh, is she? I guess she's just the, the villain for the last two. Um where, you know, we haven't really had that issue. I mean, I know in 8, she does get away. Um, but this one is just like, no, very clearly she is the bad guy for yeah. the, the final two. Yeah. Kind of strange. How did, we, um, how did we feel about the bad guy in this one, the German man? I found one him, of his... Uh, I consistently forgot he was in the movie. <laughs> One of his first lines was, I love being rich, and I just, like, smacked my head. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know Fast and Furious, like, it's not known for great dialogue, <laughs> but just, you can do better than that. <laughs> yeah, he and, yeah he was pretty ineffective for me. Um, yeah, and I, I know it's supposed to be kind of a, you know... You know, you've got kind of the muscle with John Cena. It's supposed to compensate for like this little small guy who's not going to do much of anything. He's not much of a threat, but he's just he's got the money. He's got the resources. Yeah. Um, But yeah, he felt very boilerplate bad guy. We'll talk about feeding. He talks so much about his dad that like that's got to be. And yeah, it's because like um, this dude is like Nordic of some sort or like German or or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, uh, Charlize Theron's character, Cypher, I don't know if she has an actual name in these, um... It's just Cypher, it's, I, I believe. It's, it's Dana Perkins. Dana Perkins. <laughs> new, new headcanon. Um, she <laughs> tells John Cena that she never... She recognizes that he's a Toretto from his chin, which fair, uh, <laughs> but then says that he has Nordic heritage, that she never noticed before in Dom or something like that, which feels like there's some missing. And like Helen Mirren, oh, yeah. uh, I think has made references to pieces of her family that we haven't seen or, or something. Um, if you tell me that the Shaw family and the Toretto's are, have been related this whole time, <laughs> I feel like we're heading towards some big reveal middle piece. That's like, Oh, he's, he's the father of like, five of our main characters yeah and he's like but my point is that i feel like there's somebody we're missing that they are setting up and that they know who they want as the actor yeah because i don't i feel like this is this would be a weird thing to really like punch in and like set lay down those seeds uh and not even slightly attempt to reference them this time around uh or i guess not the father i guess mother which i assume is not helen mirren but yeah, no, because we know we see their father. So somebody, either way, yeah. long story short, it <laughs> feels like they, this is how they bring back Ava Mendes. Sure. I think the the dad, there's only one man it could be. Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> it's Frazier <Okay>. in this one. 
<laughs> Frazier is the father of all the Shaws. Yeah. That's... And the mom is probably like um, Lily Collins <laughs> in like heavy makeup. Yeah, because uh, I, I hadn't even thought about the the Nordic comment that um, Theron made. Her hair was very distracting. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that would, man, that'd be wild. And I, I will tell you, I had to do a bit of, of remembering when I watched this movie that, oh, that's right. Vin was with Elsa Pataki, and mm-hmm. that's the mom, and he and Letty aren't siblings. Correct. <laughs> I had to like remember seventeen contradictory things it in is, my, at once. It is a it is quite the the tree, the like relationship tree. Yeah. As I, well, it's not even really that complicated. I just forgot. No, it's it's a little out there. It's yeah. a little it's a little extensive. Sure. Yeah, man, I see, and that's the thing is, I wonder now, like, how are they going to answer the, the, the casting of these, like, who will be these patriarchal or matriarchal figures? Aside from Kelsey Grammer, apparently Vin Diesel has said he wants the Toretto grandmother to be Rita Moreno. That's and really I think good, actually. has also mentioned Michael Caine involved. I don't know if that's as the grandfather or now, something. I after watching Tenet, I'm not sure how cognizant michael kane will be so he's he's reached a certain age of his life is all i mean sure um speaking of which is this vin diesel's sleepiest performance because there were times in this movie mostly when he was at the very end telling his son about grace that he seemed kind of amused that there were cameras like he had forgotten they were making a movie that day i think it might be his most tryiest performance (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> he really wants to act in this one. It's his best acting. I think he was, he was very determined to make this like a, and he's. I will say he's come a long way since yeah, like yeah, the yeah. monologue he gave in the first one. Uh, yeah. he's he's grown, but there there is an element of that that's like, I feel like he's trying really hard to come across as like. That's true. When <laughs> I know these have always been kind of vanity projects for him in a way, but this one in particular, and it, it does feel like okay, Dwayne's out of the picture now. The spotlight is all on Vin. Yeah. Well, when they it's have all on me, when they have everyone reacting to Han, and they, oh my god, and they're all kind of slowly reacting. That camera stays on Vin for a minute, so we can mm-hmm. we can really just drink in uh, again, not in a Fellini esque way, but but really mm-hmm. take in the in a Coppola esque way. In a Coppola esque way, just the the level of work he's doing. Oh, Robert De Niro would be the dad, wouldn't he? Hmm. Or Pacino. Hmm. Or Kaitel. Wait, no, because no, sorry, I'm I, and I got got us on the wrong track, but we're talking about the mom. Oh, the mom, not the, the mom, the mom. Robert would... De Niro can be uh, the weird German dude's dad, I guess. But yeah, Talia Shire. <laughs> sure. So I feel like what we're mi- so that. we're missing. I don't think we know the Shaw father, so yeah. that can be Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> Kelsey Grammer can be Jason Statham's dad. Uh, and then we're missing <laughs> That's my new the Toretto is Tyler saying mother. <laughs> yeah, the Toretto mother and the Shaw father. And then also this other guy who has been introduced as apparently like the president of Norseland. Uh, and <laughs> Mads whose Mikkelsen. son dies in this. Mads Mikkelsen, whose son dies in this. Yeah. Who I feel like has to also tie into that somehow. Right. So I don't I don't know. I don't know mm. what to do with that. Maybe he's maybe that's the Toretto mother uh has been kidnapped by this guy. Yeah. I don't know. Monica or not Monica Luigi. Uh Isabella Rossellini could be the mom. 
Sure. There you go. Crushed it. Um, and David Lynch is the Shaw. <laughs> and David Lynch is the 23andMe scientist who puts it all together. Hey, Dom, I just got the results back from your seed. Now listen. <laughs> you know all those okay. baddies you've been tussling with? <laughs> well, I really... well, I hope you're sitting down because I got a rootin' tootin' surprise for you, buckaroo. <laughs> I realize he's definitely not British, but man, David Lynch would be such a good Q. Yeah, he'd be oh. so so good. It's a Q. Now you think well, it's you'll just see a... if you if you use this pen, you'll kill a man. <laughs> He'll die the death. Now you may think it's just a cup of coffee, but it is the pinnacle of human desire. As you stare into the coffee, let the feelings wash over you. <laughs> now, if you <laughs> Let the aroma bring you to a different place. Now all you have to do is clap your hands while wearing this ring, and the villain will feel as though his stomach is full of bumblebees. <laughs> It'll put him in quite a stupor. This is a car. It's pretty nice. Pretty nice, <laughs> Bond. You can drive it. And this is a, a cow. It'll help Laura Dern get an Oscar nomination, but not really. <laughs> But darn it, it'll you can try. And that's what this is about. And this James, is a DVD is copy of the movie First Cow, which came out after DVDs should have stopped existing. <laughs> it's my most if, prized possession. If we if we could bring Pierce back for one more Bond film, him and David Lynch interacting would be something. <laughs> or if we bring Pierce back as uh, Shaw Daddy. There you go. Little too young, yeah. maybe, but I, I like that a it's lot fine. let's make it work i think that would be good yeah <laughs> i think it as an actual suggestion that we finally that work, yeah. peeled out of this yeah <laughs> um uh we have not addressed the elephant in the room and maybe that speaks to how the movie plays with this uh they go into space finally yes. people have been dying for uh, this franchise to take it into space and it sucked tyler uh, no, defend I, it i want to i want to talk about that because i on the one hand and I didn't even mention this even when I was talking about like the third act that I really enjoyed. Um, on the one hand, I remember I, I saw in the trailers the hints they gave of that. And I was like, that's not going to be as fun as people probably want it to be. Like it's they're going up in a car and they 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 are trying to blow up a satellite and they're like in space. But they're like in orbit near like, you know, whatever they say, 50 miles out into the atmosphere, out of the atmosphere. Um so they're not like on a space station. There, there's no. It's not a, uh, moon, not raker a moon raker or or what have you. Yeah, um, which hopefully we'll get to. Hopefully this is teasing. We'll you know we're, we gotta we gotta we gotta pull that thread. Yeah, and then we'll get there at the end, and there will be a big race on the moon, uh, in Fast Eleven. It'll be great. Uh, but this one, yeah, they they send up uh, Ludacris and Tyrese in a car uh but it is the the fi finale of the like emotional payoff of something that's been seeding through the film and it's probably like the most effectively driven like character beat in the movie in terms of like efficiency and raising this you know in the right time so that it's constantly on your mind and like mm -hmm. then they 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 pay it off at the end here uh throughout the movie 
uh, Tyrese is convinced that they're invincible and like they there's they can't die. Yeah, they have a destiny. It's a I think it's a pretty fun, weird meta thing. They're like, you know, he's basically like, it seems like we're you know we're we're fated to uh, get through this no matter what happens. And like, look at all the crazy stuff that we're doing that we constantly don't die from. Um, and they they bring that up a few times in different conversations. Uh, Ludacris and Natalie Emmanuel are are making fun of him throughout it. And then at the end, uh, Ludacris is really relying on his numbers and his math. And he's like, you know, we, there's no way we, that we can blow up the satellite anymore because the magnets have failed. And, uh, you know, we're all we're we're, we're not going to have enough fuel to get home if we do this, uh, if we crash into the satellite. Uh, and Ludacris is like, what? Or Ludacris is saying that Tyrese is like, oh, you know, we you got to have a little faith and they're like kind of arguing about it. And he gives this like monologue that I think is really nice where he's talking about how basically uh, you have to have faith in it. And like, maybe it'll fail horribly, but like, you know, you got to put yourself out there and it's, it's platitudes. It's not like the most mind blowing thing ever, but I think it's a really sweet little monologue where he talks about and kind of puts a capstone on that thing that he's been bringing up that thesis he's been working on throughout the movie. And they do this over, uh, footage of the the final act that's going on as they're trying to fight their way through and uh, take out the the satellite and take out the uh, spoiled German dude and or Cypher's people. Yeah, and it's it's nice. I I actually like that. I that was that was I forgot the the main reason that I was like okay, they there is some like editing choices, yeah, stylistic choices and writing choices that are all aligning here in a way that I enjoy. Not, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I agree. Not all the movie has had that, so that was one part that I liked. I agree that the space stuff is not like I could tell pretty early on that that was not going to be what like people really wanted it to be. It was not going to be as as exciting to see it happen yeah. uh, when as opposed to hearing on paper like oh this is the fast and furious movie where they go into space but i thought that was neat i completely agree it had a little bit of um two towers energy mm-hmm. um so i did keep expecting him to say and those were the stories that really mattered mr tej <laughs> um yeah yeah i agree like i i think if if for fast and the furious to satisfy our desire to see them in space it has to be like the premise of the movie is mm-hmm. them in space um but what's the uh what's the war the the race is it race wars it's race wars one yeah moon race wars there you go let's say race wars more times yeah. <laughs> race wars a car movie car racing <laughs> i want to be very clear what we're talking about i think that's i think that's a yeah I think I, the I think main that was reason from the original one. I think the main reason I dislike all the space stuff is I was totally not on board with the conceit of Roman questioning if they were invincible or not. I found that really annoying. I didn't think any of those scenes were funny. Um, it felt like Tyrese was just ad-libbing a bunch, and I don't think he's particularly good at that. And the movie is already going way too overboard with everyone can survive anything. Um, that whole last act is just people catching other people with cars. Like, yeah. that's all I thought the last act yeah, was. Yeah, they've gotten real good at it by this point. Yeah, they point. set it up in the beginning. Which is why we're going to get a flashback of Mr. Nobody doing it with Giselle yeah. uh, in the next movie. Continue. Well, so- but I even thought the setup at the beginning was was really stupid with him just kind of like, he gets separated from everyone and he gets into a little gunfight. And like, I 
I, I didn't like the way any of it was staged. And, you know, I, I've talked about this before with kind of the action scenes. I need to feel the tension and like when people get cut or they're bleeding or there's some type of damage or impact to things that's when i get really excited and i i get invested in an action scene but the whole conceit of this is we're invincible we survive everything i do not enjoy that at all james bond has obnoxious. survived morphing into multiple different men and <laughs> molting having to paint. peel off the new the old skin that the new may grow incredibly painful process yeah look Br- britain it, it yeah, Tyler, you're exactly right. It is an incredibly painful process. The Sean Connery chrysalis has to crack and peel away. Um, Look, ha- you ha- have you not done that once or twice? I know I have. You know that that's a that's a um, little known fact is that that's uh, the canonical origin of Michael Myers. Is that it was a, <laughs> he was trying to morph? Uh, it, it was um, uh, did, what's his what's his face? Our, our good old friend. The, the Star Trek guy, <laughs> William Shatner. Well, William Shatner. He's he was he was morphing <laughs> into a new uh, Star Trek commander, and it failed. <laughs> they do establish in Die Another Day that there is gene therapy to change your face. See you guys, you and have it removed in Face Off, which is a James Bond movie. I <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it should be. I I I wasn't so bothered by by that. The only time the the. There were a few points where it was like, how are they missing Roman in this jungle? How how are the sure. soldiers missing him? But the one that bothered me more was when during the whole final act, they're like just tearing through London and there are bullets hitting the ground near civilians <laughs> as they amble away. That well, <laughs> I was like, okay, guys, just hang on. <laughs> but whatever. I know what I'm watching. I'm fine with it. I, I was going to say, I think... Britain and I uh, have ingested the style of action of these movies in a way that we can accept it. Like we can, we can work on that level at this yeah. point. I think that's the difference in, in opinion here is that we're just like, okay, I like when yep. the good guys win. I like a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> and as we all know, I absolutely hate it. I need downers every time. I mean, <laughs> you say yeah. you say this ironically. Not a baseless claim. Well, I, I think that's that speaks to my point where I either need like not grounded, but I need some sort of element like that to help ground the action in order for me to get invested, or I need an interesting uh, quirk to it, like with Fate of the Furious. Like a Fez? Because I think most of the complaints I'm throwing at this, I could throw at Fate of the Furious. No. But that, that movie had a submarine shooting missiles at them, and The mm-hmm. Rock grabbed one and mm-hmm. steered it another way. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I will say the space stuff does end with the it ends with the minions joke that Britain mentioned where they think their minions are just fine. It's cute. But yeah. th- it also it, it ends with uh, astronauts on a satellite being like I, it looks to, like it's a Pontiac Fiero. And that's a fun joke. That was a funny that. joke. I actually found that joke funnier. But I got to hear a French lady say mignon. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God. Yeah. In Mortal Instruments, there's apparently a statue of a minion. Just so everyone knows mm-hmm. that from the old world. Yeah. And friend of the podcast, Alyssa, asked me today, why are there no Shrek statues? Why minions and no Shrek? And I said, Shrek is older and bigger than minion. I'm sorry. I'm just angry. But <laughs> <laughs> I understand we're having to rethink a lot of our statue based heroes, but I don't know enough about mortal instruments to make jokes off of this. 
Is it Mortal Instruments or Mortal Engines? Mortal Instruments is I the other one. I don't know enough about Mortal Engines to make jokes of Yeah, Mortal this. Engines. Mortal Instruments is the Shadow Hunters with Lily Collins. I'm sorry. Don't know enough about Shadow Hunters. It's true. But we are now City we can now Bones? classify ourselves as a YA podcast. Oh. Yeah. I'm Rowena Nightthorn. We did we did five <laughs> Twilight episodes. I think That's we are. That's true. I, I mean we did we've already yeah. we did do Harry Potter, Twilight, and Hunger Games. Oh yeah, good point. Sure. We've proved our merit. Welcome, <laughs> I teens. Guess, I guess that's fair. <laughs> we should just we should just pivot. We should just only review um, YA adaptations to all the boys got, I've loved before. We got all them John Green movies, yeah, uh, and and or shows. Kissing Booth, probably. Sure. This is a great way for us to talk about the Arrowverse shows. <laughs> it's true. We all have the stamina for that. <laughs> <laughs> As someone who I has think, watched way too much CW stuff, I don't think I could do that. I think I, think I could do an episode a week. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. One thing I did want to point out. Uh, so I, I think we've established that all of the films, at least since Tokyo Drift, have had the same screenwriter. Mm. Um, this one has a... It's Justin Lin and a different guy. Um, so this is the first time that they've kind of changed it up in terms of uh, the screenplay. And I wonder if that's where uh, some of my disconnect is coming from. And I almost want I, I want to imagine like there, there's like a, a funnier die sketch about this, I'm sure, where it's like they're in the writer's room and they're arguing about continuity and whether or not it's going to wreck everything to have dom have a brother and the 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 original screenwriter is like i'm out i can't do it i'm not i will not i will not sully my good name on this we're threatening the integrity of this franchise i think the new writer came in like peter dinklage and elf and he was like all right i mean i got a couple of mind-blowing ideas in here cars are over first of all done this one brothers it's all brothers what's the hottest movie you can think of and he points at somebody and they're like marvel wrong it's brothers starring toby Maguire and uh, the other one in that movie <laughs> i would have accepted Step Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and also milo and otis those are not they are different species it's a different kind of brother get with the program buddy and then he wrote fast and furious nine the fast yeah. movie yeah <laughs> they should call it F9 the fast movie. <laughs> I think that would be good. Yeah. I just hope now that they've established Fast and Furious Presents and the Fast Saga, they need to give Fast 10 a different. Like they've already gone through every iteration of the sure. title that they could, which is which is good. Like that that right. is like you're leaning into it enough that we're it's okay. Yeah. But if they're going to change it twice, they have to change it a third time and say like a Fast and Furious story. Sure. Like Fast 10, a Fast and Furious story. Or something Se- like that. Season of the Witch, a Fast and Furious story. <laughs> My vote would be Fast and Furious Chapter 10, Parabellum. <laughs> I just like the idea that they're all standing in their hideout and Tej is like, all right, so we got a new new uh, player on the market and this is his company. Silver Shamrock? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I know, but check this out. His head, you put one of these masks on, turns your head into a big bug hive with also snakes in it. I thought you were going to say, check this out. 
Ten more days till Halloween. <laughs> and Roman's like, I, I don't know. I think it's catchy. <laughs> Roman. Then they laugh at the joke like an Arrowverse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was, that's a good it's time. It's humanizing. It, it is. Yeah, it is. Um, I don't know why Caitlin Snow dresses like she's going to a fancy party when she works in a science lab. But uh, hey, maybe I just have problems with The Flash. Sorry. Maybe I just don't know yeah. what show I'm watching. Yeah, I I think that's true. Because you're actually watching Arrow. You didn't. <laughs> what? <laughs> you uh, you put on the wrong show. Also, that's why is Caitlin Snow point. avenging everyone with a bow and arrow? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I have snow blindness, which is when I think every character is... <laughs> why is which Caitlin... means you think every character is Paul Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> why is Caitlin Snow trying to divvy up her kingdom between her three daughters? <laughs> it's a Shakespeare reference think <laughs> i on on a on a more positive note um the whole sequence what was not Emmanuel yeah. what what do you mean we're having a good conversation being buds a Come more on, positive buds. note for myself uh <laughs> natalie emmanuel the whole scene where she's starting to drive the car i know i already talked about the magnets but when she's like i've never actually driven before mm-hmm. like that whole scene i thought was cute yeah it, yep. it the whole time i was like this would if this were a funnier movie this would really soar. But I like her, and I do like that she she gets more to do in this that is her own stuff. Yeah. yeah. And that isn't just like, and here's some jargon. Yeah. That was the only scene where I was getting, like, genuine chuckles. Everything sure. else was pretty, like, it wasn't phasing me very much. Yeah. No, she's she's great. Like, I just like her in general. Oh, the, the Toretto mom is Lena Headey. <laughs> And she comes back and she's like, I'm going to kill Ramsey if you guys aren't uh, do what I what I want you to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Shaw dad is Charles Dance. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the, that's the or Sean Bain. And you, you only have to give Charles Dance about 10 minutes of screen time. Yeah, to be that character. So. For sure. This all checks he'll, out. He'll, he'll have uh, fulfilled his quota for he'll the film. His, he'll have fulfilled his quota for, for a two or three year span. Like, all right. <laughs> hey, actually. 10 minutes uh, in my movie. Hey, Charles, real quick. We got a great idea. It's a quick scene. Can you come back and, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, What is the packet I left for you? Okay. Now, what is it? What does it say on it? It says dance steps. Exactly. And what's step number one? <laughs> Only 10 minutes. All right. Goodbye, you idiot. <laughs> Charles Dance would be one of the, the guys who, like, as he's he finishes off his scenes and he walks by all the cars that are just in there, he's like, can I have that one? And everyone's just like, oh, sure. Yeah, go ahead. Right away, sir. You're the last I, I do want I do want Charles Dance to be in a car chase scene in the Fast and Furious movies. Yeah. Have either they would all... have to do a joke where it's like a low-riding car, and he can barely get into it because he's so tall, right? Sure. Have either of y'all seen Last Action Hero? I have not. It's no. the movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger plays a movie star who gets brought into the real world, um, and his the the big villain is an assassin, and one of his eyes is a glass eye with a gun sight on it, and it's Charles Dance. That's uh, John McTiernan, right? Yeah. It's like early 90s. How much time does Charles Dance get in the movie? I mean, he's like the main villain, so okay. So seven minutes, yeah, really. <laughs> ten minutes. Yeah, uh, I, I it's been a long time since I've watched it, but I would like to see it again. Now that I can appreciate Let's do it for Charles the podcast, Dance. I'm, I'm, I mean, we could. We I should. think we should. 
we have two ways we can pivot here. We can either become a young adult franchise adaptation podcast, or we can become a Charles Dance appearances podcast. Surely the two, the twain shall meet. <laughs> or we can alternate. Yeah, we could alternate. At, at what point can we say, is he in Dracula Untold? Which one is he in? At yeah. what point can we say that those are young adult movies? Because like eventually they're going to make a Hunger Games miniseries. He's going to be President Snow. There you go. <laughs> uh, young adults adaptation how did you guys feel about the actor that played young young dom in the flashbacks because that was also bothering me because he looked like he was 30 years old (laughs) (laughs) yeah that that was a little tricky um i mean i think he did a fine job but like yeah he he and young jacob seemed farther apart in age but also he was a lot bigger than that actor yeah and diesel and uh cena are if not equal, I mean, Cena's probably a little taller, but like they're more evenly sized than these boys are. And and because young Dom seemed so, he didn't look young. It didn't look like he had as much room to grow. But yeah, right. I, yeah, I noticed it. And it's just, he didn't even look very much like Vin Diesel. Well, I no felt. one looks like Vin Diesel, Alex. I mean, Vin That's Diesel a once is in a Vin lifetime Diesel. miracle. I'm I'm glad that they didn't try and put any special effects on the actor yes. to make him look more like Vin Diesel. For so sure. props to that. But I just I think this points to maybe <clears throat> Britain, maybe this could be your your um kind of disinterest in flashbacks is that they always have elements like that where yeah. they have to de-age someone or if they they have to cast an actor that doesn't actually look like their older version. So it's just sure. distracting. It, I don't know. Yeah. It it would have been awful if they had Pulled, uh, we have John Cena and Vin Diesel on set, but we're just de-aging them digitally. Yeah. yeah. That would have been rough. Tyler, I believe you found something. Uh, So Me Before You is a 2016 film. It is adapted from a book, a romance novel yeah. starring a 26-year-old. So we're kind of out of the age of young adult, but it does star, the movie adaptation does star Charles Dance as well as Amelia Clark and Sam Claflin. So like, yeah. We're right down the middle. Like we, that's. Oh yeah, I oh, think I, we could. Uh, Britain, I think we could swing that. Britain, could we convince you to watch that movie again? I think is the real question. Yeah, I mean, we could. There would have to be a portion of the podcast where I do no jokes and just talk very seriously about disability representation. But um, otherwise, yes. Charles, Dan- <laughs> there's a scene in that movie with Charles Dance and Janet McNear talking, and I was like, "This should- Janet McTeer," and I was like, "This should be the movie." This is this one scene is fascinating. But anyway, I love Charles Dance. Agreed. I mean, then there's a Daily Mail article about uh, Charles Dance being with a younger woman. Oh, uh, he's he's 73 and she's only 53. Whoa. So a real chemical hearts. Um, James Bond's done much worse. I bet that there's a uh, yep. maybe in the final season of Riverdale, he'll be like the big bad. All right, Archie. <laughs> <laughs> it all led to he's me. The, he's the new principal. <laughs> yes. We ready to rate this thing? I think so. I don't know, like C plus. I think I'll do C minus. Yeah. The more we talked about it, the more I was like, there are things I liked. It also might just be that we're talking about other things completely unrelated that I'm enjoying. But you know what? Y- you do you. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna make it a trilogy of D pluses. That's fair. Halloween kills, Puss in Boots, and F9 D plus. Will Black Widow break the trend? 
Probably not. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm it's fine. It's fine. I, I give it a C. I give it a C like Aquaman. A C. There you go. C. Ugh. Um <laughs> Yeah, I I enjoyed small parts of it. It's not like a complete trash fire or anything like that, but I think this I... is kind of a huge step in the wrong direction for me, and I'm I am kind of worried about the next film. I do think I... if they kind of stay on this track i'm they're gonna completely lose me i think probably not y'all but me i think if they don't get dwayne johnson back yeah for for the next couple to finish it out i think that's gonna be like (laughs) (laughs) well it's it's interesting because obviously after you know fate of the furious they do their split where they make f9 and they do hobbs and shaw and i didn't like either of them very much so maybe the secret ingredient is to just have everyone together and i think it is i think it's like oh this is wild and fun when you have this this cast bouncing off of each other and like you have to find things for them to do in action scenes like you need a little a little of that spark yeah what did i give hobbs and shaw i gave that a c there you go. What I, I kind of want to downgrade that. So I don't even remember liking him at all. What was that, though? What did I give Hobbs and Shaw? All of us gave gave it a C. Huh. Really? Mm-hmm. All right, well, that tracks about right, because I remember not liking that very much either. So uh, I guess... I sure. kind of feel the need to downgrade it. <laughs> uh, I have no uh, recommendation this fun. week. Oh. Um. Alex, do you have a recommendation? <laughs> uh, I haven't watched anything kind of new. Uh, I'm still continuing my trek on The Sopranos. I think I am about midway through season three, and it's really good. But I got past... There's kind of an infamous episode after one of the main actors on the show has passed away, and there's a single scene where they have to kind of... Dig- it's it's similar to what they do with Carrie Fisher in Rise of Skywalker, but it's made in like 2001, so it's so much worse <laughs> um, in terms of the effect of just trying to splice this actor into this scene, and it's very clear that it's stuff that was previously sh- previously shot before this person passed, uh, and it's it's bizarre, and I kind of just feel like they shouldn't have even bothered doing that. Um, but yeah, aside from that, it's it's stellar TV and it's one of the best shows of all time. I completely completely agree with that sentiment, at wow. least so far. <clears throat> um, so I've been watching Deadwood, which I love so far. Uh, my recommendation this week is not a it's not a surprise that I'm recommending this. I'm going to recommend The Harder They Fall, uh, the new Netflix picture. It, it it's probably in theaters still somewhere, but it's it is now on Netflix. It is a few minutes shorter and slightly higher rated on IMDb than F9 um, for what that will give you. Um, This is a Western by James Samuel. I believe it's his first feature, certainly of this magnitude. Um, And the cast, it's a predominantly black cast, uh, stars Jonathan Majors, Idris Elba, Regina King, Zazie Beetz, Lakeith Stanfield, Delroy Lindo. Um, And then you've also got Eddie Gathegi, Dion Cole, Damon Wayans Jr., um, and some other actors whose names I don't immediately come to mind, but are wonderful. Uh, I loved it. It is a movie that I think I, I can hear people criticizing it, bringing up like, um, it's historical figure. Cause a lot of them are real historical figures. It's like historical fiction. 
and like mm. it's real historical figures, but it's inaccurate, or it's the soundtrack is blah, or it's too uh, flashy and stylistic, and da 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 da. My response to all of that is Quentin Tarantino, <laughs> like Inglorious Bastards, Django Unchained. He does the same stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, now you might like the flavor of one or, or one of the other, but I suspect one of the big resistances to this will be that it is a lot is black faces in what is predominantly considered a white space. Um, the movie does acknowledge that in some ways, but mostly it just it's a western. Like it is a black western. It is in some ways a commentary on the western. Maybe not, and I may just be assuming. But it is a Western, pure, pure and simple, where Idris Elba uh, killed Jonathan Majors' family years ago, and Jonathan Majors is seeking revenge. And so he, he gets his gang, and Elba's got his, and it's a big old Western sh- uh, shootout. Um, it's beautifully shot. The soundtrack is really, really fun. Um, and it, it the, the action is—it's not as bloody as I thought it was going to be. It's really exciting. And there's the action is farther spaced farther apart than I thought. But then within the last like 30 to 40 minutes, it's like, oh, we're just doing this now. And it's this like crazy, brilliant shootout. It's so busy. There's so much going on, including a multi-weapon, multi-location hand-to-hand fight between Zazie Beats and Regina King. That's fantastic. Um, all of the performances are great. As I mentioned, those actors, we all know they're going to be good. Particularly my standouts are probably Lakeith Stanfield um, as this like as Cherokee Bill, this like really smooth gunslinger and Dion Cole, who we all would recognize from like tons of appearances on Conan. Um, he's a stand up and he's some blackish. He is playing a very non comedic role and is really good. Uh, of course, Elba is great uh, when he gets something to do. But uh, really, Delroy Lindo is for me the guy in this. He plays Bass Reeves, who's a historical figure I'm fascinated by. And um, Delroy Lindo gave my favorite performance of the year last year in *The Five Bloods*, hmm. and I don't know if he's my—I f- I, don't—I haven't seen enough movies yet to declare him doing that in this year. But he's really, really good in this as this man who, this U.S. marshal who has seen a lot of violence, been a part of a lot of violence, is still willing to do what has to be done. But you can—you can see the like, the effect that that's had on him. And in both his confidence and his ease, but also his sort of tiredness. Um, it's a beautiful performance in a really, really fun movie that I hope people will check out because um, it's not really political. <laughs> like it's it's just it's it's a Western with a lot of really wonderful actors who get great stuff to do. And uh, I cannot recommend it highly enough. It's on Netflix and it's called The Harder They Fall. My mom is texting me right, literally, as we've been recording this podcast, she's been texting me updates as she watches it and seems to be enjoying it. Um, yeah, uh, I really need to watch that. And I forgot that that came out this weekend. Uh, that might be might be talking about that in my recommendation segment next week. I, 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 think I saw the trailer for that and was immediately like, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I never did see a Defy Bloods either, and I really need to get back on that. But Yeah, both I recommend. Harder They Fall is way easier to watch. <laughs> I, sure. I can promise you that. It sounds like it. Yeah. Really, really good time. And next week, Black Widow. We're going back to the MCU, guys. Haven't been to the MCU in a minute. Yeah. In in possibly the least interesting <laughs> of the three that are coming out, four that are coming four. out this year. Yeah. I, and two of them haven't come out, or two of them none of us have seen yet, at least. And yes. I think we can already pretty definitively say that. 
Yes. I, I feel like a spoiled brat. I heard you said four films came out this year and my heart just sank. <laughs> like, I just like, I well, was just so disappointed because I'm just like so disinterested in the MCU at this point. I'm like, but I like Shang-Chi. <laughs> One, on. Shang-Chi. Two, uh, oh, y- yes. you don't know. You Shang-Chi. might you might like Internals. Yeah. You know. I might like you might, you might like Spider Man No Way Home. Yeah, I think it'll I be might like parts of Spider Man No Way yeah, Home. Well, that's we'll a good way out. to look at it. <laughs> you you like all the parts where a certain character's arm hair is circled. <laughs> a... Alex reacts to uh, speculation on Spider Man No Way Home. Whoa! A lot of you going. That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Hey yeah. guys, I uh, I know I sent a Spider-Man No Way Home reaction video a couple weeks ago. I decided I was going to go ahead and react to that, seeing as we've gotten another trailer. So I'm going to go ahead and react to what I thought then, now that we know what we got from the new trailer. <laughs> Whoa, I was totally wrong. So crazy. I think that was Dr. Kafka's glasses on the table. Whoa! Alfred Molina is in this? Can't believe it. Good. William Defoe is in this? <laughs> William Defoe. Yeah, it'll be an interesting picture. William um, Daffo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I Tyler, what you were saying about having seen F9 relatively recently and then rewatching it so soon, that has been my thing about Black Widow. And I don't have any yep. like animosity towards that movie. It will it will but, also be my thing about Black Widow. Yeah, I was like, I saw the movie a few months ago, and I'm, am I going to have anything to say? I almost had that when we did Birds of Prey last year, but I, sure. I have more enthusiasm about Birds of Prey both times I watched it. But it, yeah, in both cases, I'm like, I, I the, get it. I, when, <laughs> I know. When I realized, because of timing, that we just were knocking out F9 and Black Widow in this little catch-up spot, yeah. and then we will revisit... Down the line, we have the Suicide Squad, I think, is next up, and then Shang-Chi. Yeah. Um... Uh, other movies that have come out over like the past month it's been like Venom versus Venom versus Carnage Venom <laughs> let there be Carnage Venom 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 versus <laughs> Venom versus Carnage Dawn of Justice yes Ven- Venom uh, let there be Carnage is a small price to pay for me to to review No Time to Die yes oh yes, yeah exactly, we'll that exactly. No Time to Die who's in that Eternals uh charles dance whoa charles dance. <laughs> charles dance is james pond's but brother what um his other brother but yeah so uh, <laughs> we, we we'll, we'll have like a bunch of catch-up movies that i am a lot more interested to rewatch and revisit and talk about yeah. but these two in particular are very like yep those are some action movies mm-hmm. uh I, I i think i mentioned to y'all that like puss in boots f9 and black widow is is a real contender for just the sleepiest set of movies for me that we have done set of three movies that we've done in a row on this podcast because man Dead. it did get progressively I'll, I'll, I'll better for find... you what it did get progressively better for you you went from a d minus to a d to a c plus <laughs> and i'll i'll probably find more things to enjoy about black widow as i revisit it but you know yeah Yeah, will I will tell. say, I, I I do think I've gotten through, uh, of the movies I've seen in a theater this year, I think I've gotten past my my uh, my least favorite films, which would be Halloween Kills, which I know we didn't technically see in a the theater, but whatever, and uh, F9. <laughs> sure. well, I haven't watched Tom and Jerry yet. 
Hey, uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you like the show, uh, rate us and review us. We don't really talk about that, but that really helps out. Put get mm-hmm. us on the charts. Probably, <laughs> I, apparently, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe everyone else says it does. Yeah, is this all a pyramid scheme. Mm-hmm. If you rate and review um, us, maybe Tim Cook will finally notice us. Tim Pie. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, we'll get to get to go to one of his big parties. Please, please, Jeffrey Bezos, notice our podcast. Um, you can find us on Join us for our discussion of Black Widow. Ever, the world has been waiting, waiting for Jeff Bezos' opinion on Black Widow. Can you imagine please. if the first time we got a guest on this show, it was Jeff Bezos reviewing Black Widow? The most, like, asynchronous. What? I would enjoy it. Um, you can find us online at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. You can find us on Twitter at HTT Sequels. You can email us at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. We're on uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever the podcasts are. Yeah. We we will be there. Sure will you. be. My best thing was Ray Winstone's accent. Oh, boy. <laughs> what? I don't, I've never heard him talk. Do a Zuckerberg impression. We can, let's just, you've been working on this. I know you that have. That must be Angela, our head of VR devices. Well, I was gonna say like what you do like I know you've been working on this. Can we can you can you simulate for us Zuckerberg simulate as the metaverse does? Oh, uh, Zuckerberg being on our podcast talking about Black Widow. That's that's what really where I wanted to go with that. <laughs> okay, all right, Zuck. <laughs> that's what we call him. Hey, Zuckus, our, our everyone's favorite Star Wars bounty hunter. Um, Zuckula. We we've we've gotten. What are you what are you rating Count this? Zuckula. What what is your letter grade? Hmm. Just gotta find a letter to grade. <laughs> huh ju- just gotta find a quality to like maybe my favorite part of the movie is black widow in her quest for vengeance <laughs> <laughs> i started laughing at the premise of my own impression <laughs> oh, guys. also also please uh rob zucky <laughs> rob. In this film, the young boy, Michael Myers, only he's big in this one. And rats, they're not his friends. But guess what? His mom, she's a real piece of work. And he gets beat up by a spy kid and then kills that spy kid. That's... (laughs) Someone get this kid to an embassy. (laughs) I can can see Britain... The gears turning in like steam, <laughs> steam going out, trying it's to just like my new favorite character is Mark Zuckerberg just telling the plots to a movie. <laughs> Tom Cruise, a rich man, and Cameron Diaz is also in it. I forgot the plot of that movie. <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg plays an awkward boy in college who is mad at a girl for being mean to him on a date. <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> I, you know, I get, I'm like, it makes, I'm sure it makes sense at the time, Jeff, Jeffrey Eisenberg, Jesse Eisenberg's impression. Oh yeah, for sure. Zuckerberg made sense at the time. I feel like the divergence. Oh yeah. Since then of Zuckerberg and of Jesse Eisenberg. It's yeah. not, it's not quite tracking to, for me anymore. It's a time of unrest. The trade federation is moving. <laughs> <laughs> Mas- Jedi Master Qui Gon Jinn goes with his Padawan appri- with his apprentice okay, Obi Wan Kenobi. 
Meanwhile, we're gonna work on this. Um, we I think we need to put together an edit where you're where it's <laughs> you're just reading off the words, and otherwise it, it opens the exact same way. <laughs> I mean. We never fully get into the synopsis of the movies during the episode. We kind of go right into a spoiler discussion. We could have a new segment of uh, Zucky Boy uh, tells us the plot of a movie. Oh, <laughs> Zuckerberg's summaries. Only synopses. Only in this one, Spider-Man has a new villain. The Dark Side. <laughs> I think I think we should just start finding the synopsis for a given movie, and then you just have to read it off. I think I think we might start doing this. I think this will be a good way to jumpstart the uh, the energy for Black Widow. Oh my god! I, th- uh. I think I've got to I've got to bring us back full circle to something I said at the very beginning of the podcast, Ooh. which is I'm too old for all of this. <laughs> I've been Alex. I've been Tyler. I'm not making Britain in this. I've been Britain, and I promise you, you're not having as good a night as me. (laughs) Oh, Lord.